Welcome to another episode of MPO Sports Podcast. It is our second season and our second episode. We're coming off the back of our NFL special that we put out for the Super Bowl, and um, I hope people enjoyed that. Um, so feel free to provide any feedback via our social media um, f- uh, platform. Sorry, guys, a bit tongue-tied. Uh, I'll start off my um, usual uh, rants. I'm just getting a bit pissed lately at um, the Australian sports public, how, you know, we're we're fine with the supporters. We jump on um, our so-called sporting heroes and think they're wonderful. And as soon as they lose, whether they choke, lose or whatever, we absolutely cane them on keyboards. I'm actually glad Facebook are um, all of a sudden not letting us put news reports in on there because it might get rid of a few Muppets. And we might see a few more photos of what we're eating for tea, which one of our um, podcasters on here does when he's batching. And also we may even see lots of shots of empty cans and bare feet by poolside. So there you go. You've been asking for it, Australia, and that's what you're going to get. Um, and also, too, Rafael Nadal did choke too, but I didn't hear much about that. Anyway... On to the show, and I'm joined by Woody and Jeremy. How are you guys? G'day, boys. How are we going? Going well. No worries. Um, obviously, uh, a bit disappointed um, with the result of the NFL Super Bowl, were we? Or were we happy with the result, guys? No, I wasn't disappointed at all. Um, I love a good underdog, and they were the underdogs, and... I, I it's it's funny funny how funny how you can change uh, like from despising Tom Brady for near on twenty years, <laughs> all, all of a sudden he, all of a sudden he joins the Buccaneers and you're kind of going for him, which is which was the case for me. Yeah, Obviously, same thing. Like, um, it 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 must be more of a dislike for the Patriots than than Brady himself. I think. Yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't think I've ever really hated Tom. Yeah, oh, look, I, I must say, for me, it's probably not dissimilar to when Akko left um, Brisbane and went to the Bulldogs. I didn't mind him as much. I think it might be a bit of tall poppy syndrome for some people. It certainly was for me in that occasion. But mm-hmm. funny enough, we were talking Super Bowl, and our first um, topic of discussion is USA Sports. And in fact, on the run sheet, we have listed the NFL Super Bowl results, etc. So maybe we might just throw to Woody to start us off and go from there and see where the discussion leads us. Um, I think the the big story is obviously Brady getting his seventh ring and all that sort of thing. But um, for me, it was just the um, Bucks defense. Um, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the, <laughs> the Chiefs O-line let Mahomes down and whatever else. But um, the Bucks defense came to play. Um, I think that was probably the biggest difference in the end. They did for the they did for the entire playoffs really. They they were they got always got always got the crucial turnover at the crucial time. Um, pretty much in all four games of the of their playoff runs. So uh, I think I think their defense. I think their, I think their defense was a large reason why they won a couple of their games. Uh, so it wasn't necessarily all Tom. Um, where, where you would where you and I differ, Woody. Is it? I don't think he. I don't think he got any support from his offensive line because I don't think he actually had one. So when you don't have one, you're going to be running for your life. Um, that's not not an excuse by any means. You could have. You still could have thrown it better, but um, he was basically missing his entire starting O line, which any team does that, they're going to struggle on it. 
Yeah, they will. But we're being told constantly that Mahomes is the best, the best quarterback in the league, and there was even talk that you know if he continues on his trend, he'll um, overtake Brady as the goat. Now, here's here's my take on that. So we've got um, Carson Wentz, who's um, just been traded from Philly. Now, Philly didn't have an O line this season either, but Wentz copped the blame. All right, the Chiefs don't have an O line for one game, and they cop the blame. If Mahomes is that good, wouldn't he at least be able to put some points on the board? Seeing how Wentz was apparently the issue at Philly, um, and when it gets to a, a big name quarterback, um, everyone's too scared to put the blame on him. If well, he's Carson, as they say he should have done better. Well, Carson didn't didn't exactly have any weapons to throw to either. Where Whereas uh, Patrick still had his uh, go-to men to throw to, didn't he? Exactly right. Now, I'm not saying that the O-line for the Chiefs was good, but I'm saying that Mahomes should have been better. So you're saying from the, for the type of esteem that he's held in, he uh, should have risen above it a little bit better? Absolutely, he should have. He's played two consecutive Super Bowls, <coughs> so that's eight quarters of football, and he has been atrocious in seven of them. So is it he's fair to say, up. Woody... On the back of my rant about calling people chokers, could it, the label choker be laid on him? Um, I'd say it's be laid on the whole Chiefs outfit, really. Even their defence didn't put up much of a resistance. But you did just say he couldn't even score off himself. They were field goals, weren't they? Yeah, yeah they, three, they only kicked three field goals. But as I said, like he's played eight quarters of Super Bowl <clears> football. And he has been well below par in seven of them. So the best players are meant to rise to the occasion in the biggest moments and on the biggest stage. And he's shown us that he can't can't handle it. And you're you're only basing that off the esteem that he's held in. Oh well, that as well as the, the the facts are there, aren't they? Like the the Niners led the Chiefs for three and a half quarters um, in last year's Super Bowl, and the Buccaneers led from start to finish here and. Is it fair Mahomes to, didn't announce himself at any point. Is it fair to say that um, he would have had a bit of trouble seeing the the playing field under the shadow of the great the great one too? Would that have been an effect? <laughs> um, uh, maybe not. I just think he's, as I said, there he he hasn't quite figured out how to handle the big occasion mm. on the biggest biggest stage. He's wilted both times, really. Oh, like, oh, he got the MVP against the Niners, but he wasn't the best player that day. Well, we know that, he's got we know be. that happens. Sorry, we know that happens a bit with quarterbacks in um, the Super Bowl, anyway. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <coughs> if in doubt, you give the MVP award to the winning <coughs> quarterback, don't you? Mm. One thing he one thing he has got on his side, which Tom hasn't, is time. So. Oh, plenty of plenty of time. Heaps yes, of time. but how so many? He may, how, sorry, I was going to say how many Super Bowls behind Tom is he though? He's only uh, six. six behind. Only six behind. <laughs> Yeah, he's got plenty of time on his side, but um, his first two appearances, he hasn't covered himself in glory just yet. They and they're going to have to. They, 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 they have paid Mahomes an awful amount of money. Um, normally, when that happens, you end up having to jet, having to jettison some players who are who are making coin, which is probably will happen to the Super Bowl champions as well. So. Um, he may not have a as good a supporting cast in the coming years as well, <clears> once had. No, they've missed a big opportunity here, I think. Hmm. Fair enough. 
Um, is there anything else you want to sort of dabble on the uh, Super Bowl? Because I do know we've got um, NHL and a bit of NBA to talk about as well. Well, m- maybe not the Super Bowl, but um, have you got any thoughts on the Carson Wentz trade, Jeremy? Um, I thought it was an absolute steal for the Colts, just, call, just to give up a third-rounder and basically what will be a third-rounder this year and next. Um, where, when Matt Stafford is going for two firsts and Jared Goff, when Deshaun, when, Deshaun, when Deshaun Watson's probably going to go for three first, or maybe four, um, you, they've got an absolute steal there. And uh, Wentz, Wentz back, in the, back in the saddle with uh, Frank Reich, you actually will have an offensive line this time. I reckon A the, very, very good offensive line. Um, the Colts, are, Colts are pretty well placed next year to go, go deep, I think. Very, very deep, yep. It's not just that, though. Like I think mm. the, the Eagles did get fleeced in the deal. So they obviously felt that they had no leverage, but not only do they probably take not quite enough in the deal, um, they've still got a $34 million cap hit as well. So they must have been very keen to get rid of him. Maybe they're just willing to give Nick Foles just as just oh, maybe, don't, maybe five. Don't do it. Don't maybe do five, it. maybe five mil or something just to come and rot the ship for a year. Was this? Well, like, um, you know, I wouldn't actually be disappointed if we went and got someone like Marcus Mariota for a year. <clears throat> yeah, he's up. Yeah, he's up. He's up for thing. Was this deal the deal that we were reflecting on uh, during the special, or was that a Rams-related trade that we were? Uh, that his, was the his Stafford name, and Goff one. Yeah, Stafford and Goff one. Yeah, yeah. Wentz's name would have been floated about, but his deal wasn't done then. This is just recently, just fresh. Like, yeah, I was just trying to work out, remember if it was the same deal we're talking. It's actually happened, yeah. but. <clears throat> yeah, okay. and, it, and it doesn't doesn't even compare because uh, Stafford, well, they got two firsts and a third and golf for him, and in, and Stafford hasn't really done anything as a quarterback. So uh, if you compare that to the Wentz deal, I think uh, the Eagles got the short end of the stick there. Well, I think they have, but um, we move on from that. I think. Yeah. So NHL, what in the hell's going on there? Because I know in our planning, I said, oh, that must be starting soon, and they're about eight rounds in or something. What he was saying. No, 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 well more than eight rounds. There you most go. Teams have played, most teams have played about 15 games now. So, there you go. Um, the season is well underway, which actually puts it about a bit more than a quarter of the way through with the reduced season. <clears throat> um, so it's starting to take some shape. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending champions, they're sitting top of their division. Um, so they're well placed to make a good <clears throat> run again. Um, uh, the Rangers aren't far behind. The Rangers? Hmm. Um. No, nah, no. Nah, there's um. There's a bit bit going on actually. To be honest, um, even if you look over in the Canadian division as well, um, that, that's pretty tight at the top there too. So, um, all the teams over there are making a decent account of themselves, really, except for the Senators. Um, what Maple Leafs are leading the way over there. And they're, they're trying to cram 56, trying to cram 56 games in, aren't they? So um, there's yeah, less, they margin, less, less margin for error than in, like, an 80-game season. No, that's yeah. right. So there's a bit, bit more meaning in um, a lot more games. So um, whereas previously, if you went on a three- or four-game skid, it didn't matter too much. But... Um, yeah, now it can be quite crucial, to be if honest. You had, if you had to pick right now, if you had to pick right now, who's playing the Stanley Cup finals? Um, 
I think the Lightning are probably <laughs> the pick at the moment, and I also actually like what the Bruins are doing. So they were they were two contenders last give year. The, uh, goals, give the so. give the Golden Knights a chance. Um, I do, I don't in the playoffs because this is their fourth or fifth year in the league now. I think, and um. They've been a very, very good regular season team, but haven't put it together in the playoffs yet. So until they do that, um, I'm not going to get too excited about them. This could be the year. It could be the year they get it, get it together. While we're on there in HL, it's probably one sport that we haven't clarified to our listeners who we follow, if we follow anyone. Just wondering, um, Woody, are you the Anaheim Ducks? No. Um, that's enough of that language, thanks, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, they are from the Bay Area. On the San Jose Sharks. There um, you go. And they made a Stanley Cup appearance a few years ago, and they've been horrible ever since. So okay. they're they're second bottom in the West Division at the moment. So what about you, Jeremy? Um, Who do you follow? I don't follow anybody at all from the NFL, NHL. Okay. So Just for the I record, under this interest, I follow the team that the Great One left Canada for. The good old Edmonton. Oh no, who they no. left for? So the Kings. The Kings, the King, LA Kings Sorry. Yes. <clears throat> so yep. I'm an LA Kings man if I follow it. Which, yep. And they're um, going just as well as the Sharks at the minute. I was so going to say they're going yeah. swimming. <laughs> they're, very, uh, they're, they're quite. They're pretty close to each other, actually. Those two. The, the yeah, they're uh, both just equally as bad. Really, uh, I'm just going <laughs> to quickly run through um, some of the point leaders at the moment. So. Connor McDavid from the aforementioned Edmonton Oilers is um, leading the, the point scorers there. He's on 30, um, but that's only with nine goals. So he's got nine goals and 21 assists there. Um, and Austin Matthews from the Maple Leafs is the leading goal scorer with 13. Um, but I'd expect guys like Patrick Kane and Sidney Crosby and um, Nathan McKinnon from the Avalanche to really stamp their dominance on the league pretty soon. Yeah, the, cre- the cream of rice at the top. Yeah, that's mm. right. Sydney Crosby's getting on a bit in age now, although I say that. He's still probably only early to mid-30s, um, but he's been around a very long time. And I think Nathan McKinnon um, is going to really start to get going soon. Well, our next subject is the bell chimes, and we're actually out of time for that segment, but I know we're probably not going to go as much on the next one, so we'll go with it. Um, we had listed the NBA um, MVP contenders at this current stage. So maybe if between the periods you could rattle off, say, a top five. Uh, for me, it's uh, LeBron, Embiid, uh, Curry, Kawhi and Jokic. What about yourself, Woody? Um, in no particular order, I would say... Probably the same as um, Jeremy. So we go, what do we say? LeBron, Jokic, Embiid, Curry. Definitely do not count Curry out. He's made a big difference to the Warriors. Um, But I would sub out Kawhi and throw in Damian Lillard. Um, I know the Trailblazers don't have a great record. Um, Oh, they're going all right. They're 17 and 10. They're they're going. Oh, yeah, but they're not. They're not. You know, in the top echelon of a couple of teams, are no, they? Not, but not um, he's, um, but yeah, I think Damian Lillard's having a great season as well. So, 
Um, do not count him out. Um, and he does making a cl- love making a clutch shot too. He's got a very good range and doesn't mind taking <coughs> responsibility on his shoulders. Normally by this time of year, we've got a pretty fair idea of who they're going to give the trophy to. And if I was to pick two, it would be probably be between Embiid <coughs> and LeBron. Mm. Um, yeah, I think as far as a story goes, um, the NBA would love to give it to Embiid or LeBron, wouldn't they? Yep. They make mm. the two yeah, best stories at yeah. the moment. Well, for me, um, just want to say on behalf of all Michael Jordan fanboys, how you can even have LeBron in the MVP um, discussion is just wrong. He hasn't won six titles in six years. End of subject. Let's move on to the world game. And <laughs> we have um, a, th- a first chat point is the state of the A-League and what do they need to do next to try and, you know, regain some momentum. Obviously, they've been had a lot of crap stacked at them with the COVID like other sports have. And when you're talking about a sport that was already struggling for interest, um, which there's quite a few things you could list that are the reason why the sports way it is. What are your thoughts, lads? What are your thoughts? I think they've, I think they've probably gone down the right path, uh, expansion. Um, sometimes, sometimes expansion can be a bad thing, but in this case, I don't, I don't believe it is. Um, it, they're probably going to be scaling back the size of the clubs, uh, maybe true. Working on, uh, working on smaller budgets for smaller revenue, um, and trying to build it from there, so setting a base really. So, um, but yeah, expansion and getting more teams in isn't necessarily a bad thing. Would you agree, Woody? Um, look, as as you guys know, I um, don't follow the A League closely, so this is actually a good topic for me, given that I actually. I follow the A-League and I'm a supporter of the A-League in itself, but just the quality is um, where I have my issues with. Um, I, I don't know about expansion for the A-League because they've tried before in many different markets and for a relatively young league, there's been a lot of teams that have folded already. Yeah, you're right. And, they, and they're expanding in sort of, Centralised areas, aren't they? You need to pick the right markets. Um, Well, concentrating on Melbourne and concentrating on Melbourne and Sydney a lot. There's three guys. There's three major problems um, for the A League, and that's from someone that goes quite regularly to support a certain club. Is unfortunately in any league you're going to have to have have some and the need some as far as money etc. Like that goes, which you can't avoid. The problem is. You're right, standard, and the problem for the standard is there's a salary cap and you cannot compete in Asia against all the other Asian clubs to bring in what we would call in the sub in the Southern Hemisphere quality, obviously not European quality, but quality for the Southern Hemisphere. Um, the, other, the other issue is venues, even Amy Park, great venue, but it's too big for um, most games that are played there during the thing. It's all right for a derby. Derby, you'd nearly pack it, especially when Victory and City are both being competitive. But I believe a model more along the lines of um, Adelaide's home ground would be better for Melbourne-based teams where they can actually get 15,000 in it or 20,000, whatever the capacity is, and it can look like a full stadium. I think that's one thing that, um, and even just from a TV perspective as well, obviously the fuller the stands, the better it looks. Yep. So you're better off having you know, 12,000 people in a 
15,000 seat stadium rather than 10,000 in a 30,000 seat stadium. And I think that's one good thing um, that the Mariners do, I think, Mm -hmm. with their ground. Um, Just from the TV perspective, it always looks looks like an event there. Yeah, it looks like pretty full. Even Newcastle does it a bit too with the decent crowds as well. And that's probably because they're out of Sydney. Yep. And and you touched on it before with them being – Melbourne and Sydney centric. Um, so at the moment we've got the three Melbourne teams with Western United. Um, there was a chance to bring in another Victorian team, but I don't know if it essentially needed to be in Melbourne. So they're Western United and they're obviously, you know, based in the Western suburbs of Melbourne, but they would have been better off being based in Western Victoria and spread their games between Ballarat and Geelong. I Let's, think that's what they're trying. I think that's what they're trying to do. They're playing in Ballarat. They're playing in Ballarat tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, they are. But yeah, I mean, yeah. as as a base, so you play. Let's be biased here for a second. Play derbies at the big ground, but eighty percent of their games should be in Ballarat and Geelong. Let, let's be biased for a sec. Being Ballarat boys, um, realistically, Ballarat locally has quite a strong um, interest in local football. Yeah, they do. Yep, definitely. Yep. We've literally a five-minute walk, and if I'm on the stubbies, probably a 15-minute walk, is a venue that's really good standard um, from where I live, near the trotting track, that sort of thing. They could have easily put in a bit of um, infrastructure to build it up to, say, a 15,000-seat stadium. Parking wouldn't be hugely a big problem because of where it is. Would have been an ideal um, sort of model on what we're talking about, even for um, grounds. Yep, make it a 10, 12, maybe even 15,000 capacity. Yeah, probably 15 to make um, it safe, yeah. But, and it's going to look look well over 50% full most most weeks, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, I've, it is. yeah. I've watched games at um, Mars Stadium, uh, Scumbag Stadium in Geelong, uh, also known as Skilled, and also at uh, Marvel. And football does not work on a... Um, AFL Oval. It should out. The best of the three was Mars because you were still a bit closer. So you need to also make sure that teams are playing on specific venues for soccer, you know, set up for soccer. It just does not work on any other surface, any other sort of arena. That's one thing that Western United are doing. They're building building a purpose-built stadium at the moment. In the wrong area, anyway. In the wrong area, but it's still probably a few (laughs) years away. Now, I want to go back to your point earlier, Tim, about the salary cap. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that we get rid of the salary cap and we increase the standard. Is that... Is that your thinking? My thinking is you, you increase the salary cap, you're going to get better players than what we currently get on Visa and Marquee. <coughs> I'm not, if, if we're expecting European standard players at the top tier, we're dreaming. But we would get a lot better players than what we're getting in on Visas and, um, and Marquees at the moment because you've got the coin to throw at them. Yep. So I want to expand on that a little <laughs> bit. So the best way to attract those players is obviously the money mm-hmm. but also a bit of prestige as well so that would mean that an a-league club really needs to be um really <clears throat> in the deep end of the asian champions league but they're not going to get in there without raising the salary cap to have a decent um standard of um squad yep which is another point i was going to bring up as well they're not going to be able to get someone to go deep in the Champions League on a regular basis as well if they're not playing the A-League season in conjunction with 
the Asian leagues. So when we're playing them in a different time of the year, the Champions League is generally in our off-season and the middle of the Asian season. And that's the problem too because our A-League season matches up with Europe deliberately so we can get players in, right? The moment we change that, we cut our throats as well for getting quality in. That's that's another juggling act as well. That would would never happen. Yeah, but I think the best way to do it is... You need to be playing at the same time, but then you're up against the the rugby codes and AFL. Um, And another thing that I think they need to do as well, given that they're obviously in the Asian Confederation, is I don't think there's a... As long as New Zealand is in the Oceanic Confederation, I don't think having a New Zealand team in the A-League is viable either. Yeah, and also too with the New Zealand team, and this is this is stupidity of the league. Um, an Australian player playing for um, the New Zealand team, the Phoenix, has to go in as a visa player in the Australian league because they're in different confederations. Is that because oh, they're in different right? countries? Yep. Don't so you think the, that's the a bit ridiculous? In is just. The simplest solution is just get rid of the the Wellington Phoenix, isn't it? Because I know the Asian, the 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 the, um, big wigs at the Asian Confederation aren't fans of having um, a non-Asian team in the A League either. No, they wouldn't be. No, and look, the the other thing too, the A League is missing. As much as we talk expansion, there's no relegation, and so what I think they need to do is have a five-year plan to settle how many teams we're going to have at the top tier, and then the next five years they're going to work on building that second tier, which could easily come out of the... Um, there's, I can't remember the exact terminology. This is where Josh would have been handy to be on the pod, is where you have, like, the Heidelbergs and that play against the best in Sydney and Adelaide, and there's a, another tier above their state tier. That's the tier they should be tapping into, to be the next run to go that's up the, into the that, A-League. That's the National Premier League. That's the one, yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the league they should be looking at as building as the second-tier league. But they need to have a 10-year plan. And Josh and I mentioned that on the special we did last year, was the to have the relegation zone, we need to have a 10-year plan. That doesn't happen. The relegation doesn't happen if we still have the salary cap. It just doesn't. Yeah, that's right. No, that's right. All right, so that's look, that's enough A-League. And I think um, one, another time we'll get Josh in, who's our guru of the A-League, and might be able to discuss that even further. Um, we've just got listed one other thing before we go to our break, which is um, under the EPL. More so than going over the EPL, we're just talking about Man City. Are they home for the title pretty quickly? And if they aren't, who's the one that could take them? Uh, yeah, I'd... Reckon they're home. Give them the trophy now. They're ten points clear already. So, um, yes. and, they're, and, and they're not they're not ten points clear. They're not ten points clear in December. They're ten points clear in late February. So, uh, that's a pretty uh, pretty sizable lead to be having this time of year. Jeremy, I'll just call you on that just a little bit. The league did start six weeks late, so it's not the same as if you were 10 points in front in February as normal, but you're right, they are miles in front. So yeah. there's there's only 14 games to go as well. So 14 mm. games and 10 points. Um, yeah, it's um, 
it's a fairly sizable lead. And uh, when during those fourteen games, I would imagine that uh, City would have a lot of fodder. And not not just their lead as well, and they will will have some fodder as well. But um, mm. they're actually putting good sides away too, quite convincingly. Yeah, so yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what sort of streak they're on now, but they got off to a poor start where they had a couple of losses and a couple of draws. But um, yeah, they've just been um, putting every side away lately. One can one can just imagine, uh, Aaron, um, what they might do to uh, Arsenal this weekend. There's what a massive card on the cards, I reckon. Mm. And um, probably their greatest challenger at the moment doesn't have a defence. Um, David De Gea is pretty much doing it by himself. So there's not much really pushing for him, is there? No. Uh, we, uh, United's, United's in second. They don't look like a threatening second, though, do they? I no. would suggest that Leicester's, Leicester's <clears throat> probably most likely to finish second over United at the minute. Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Anyway, I've had the lovely little um, Zoom warning, so we've done our sort of half hours because it's going to be a 10-minute warning. So that might be a good time for us to go off and have a break and come back after the break with some uh, combat sport, which um, Woody's our guru, and I'm sure he's got plenty to talk about. And Jeremy and I will off, will off to sleep while that's on and um, wake up every now and again and ask a silly question. But anyway, um, we'll get going and we'll be back after the break. We're back from our break, ready to go. We're going to hit up some uh, combat sport and what's been going on recently in the UFC, Woody, and what might be coming up? Um, look, there hasn't been a hell of a lot going on. Um, the UFC, they finished last year with a bang and they've started off slowly this year. But um, just the weekend just gone, Kamara Usman, he, um, he beat Gilbert Burns, so he's retained the welterweight title now, so... He's on an 18-win streak. Um, he's 13-0 in his UFC career. Um, I actually don't see anyone beating him um, for the title anytime soon. So there'll definitely be talk um, in his next fight or two about um, possibly being uh, the greatest welterweight of all time. And which, um, yes, it's already started. How, how quickly some forget. Hey Tim. Well, he's got a long way to go before he catches cer- DSP. Cer- I think certainly um, defensive, defending the title wise, he does. Maybe fights at welterweight, he's probably had more by the time he the next three or four fights happen. But uh, yeah, no, no. And let's face it, GSP is the most all rounded fighter we've probably seen. So an interesting conversation. Yeah, so the welterweight division, as I said, so the next the next guys they're talking about to line up for Usman are uh, Masvidal, who he's already beaten, and Covington, who he actually had a decent fight against. So um, I'd, I'd like to see Covington, if anyone. I don't. He, think he did break good as he did break his jaw though. Yeah, he did, but um, Covington still still pushed him, didn't he? So and let's face it, everyone loves to see Covington get belted. So that's great. Yeah, they do, definitely. Um, <clears throat> you run your mouth like he does. Um, that, that's what happens, isn't it? 
Well, um, well, his best friend's um, Donald Trump, so never say more. Well, yeah, there's um, probably not much more that needs <coughs> to be said there, really. Um, but we'll move on to there's a card this weekend, actually. So the heavyweights take centre <coughs> stage for the next couple of weeks, really. So this weekend we've got Curtis Bladis versus Derek Lewis. So um, if anyone's going to have a punt on that one, um, I'm tipping don't bet on that to go to the distance because um, these guys like to swing hard. Who do you think will get the better of the other, though, in that one? Um, I think Lewis is too much of a brawler. And I <clears> think Bladis, um, he's, he's probably more of a technical striker, slightly more technical, and he's also got the ability to wrestle and take him down, which is I think is probably what will happen. So I'd imagine Bladis will probably... Um, get a TKA stoppage in the second round. Brawlers can um, be dangerous when you're going in to try and get the takedown, though. That's the only thing he's got to watch. Yeah, you can. And we've also seen the power that Lewis has got <coughs> as well. So as with most heavyweights, um, they can all knock each other out. So, Did our um, boy Mark Hunt beat Lewis? Is that right? Because um, I remember... Off the top of my head, I don't think they ever fought. He fought some guy that was meant to beat him and he ended up TKOing him. I'm just trying to think who it was. No, I don't think. I think Lewis sort of burst onto the scene a bit bit after Mark Hunt, to be honest. As, as um, you're talking, and, I'll double-check it. Yep, Andre Arlovsky's also on that card. So um, <clears throat> this might be a last hurrah for him. I think he won his last fight. But um, the man's 42 years old and um, he's about 15 or 16 years out of his prime. So... Um, yeah, I can't expect that there'll be too many fireworks in that fight, but there'll be a lot of interest because of his name. Just for the record, then, just sorry, just for the record, I've found yeah. it. He yep. TKO'd Derek Lewis on the 11th of June, 2017. Okay, well, there you go. That must have been one of his last fights. I believe he... Just I believe his last UFC fight. It was his last win in the UFC. It wasn't his last UFC fight. But I believe, by memory, because I did watch it, um, that he TKO'd him via stomach punches. Okay, there you go. Knock the wind out. Um, and then, yeah, the week after next, we've got Rosenstrike versus Garnet. So that's going to be another another heavy hitter fight. So um, <clears throat> I actually don't know who to pick in that one. That'll be a, a, a good scrap, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, moving on to March the 7th, that's where the interest is going to peak. We've got three title <clears throat> fights on the same card. So we've got... Um, Jan Blakovich, the light heavyweight champion, putting up his belt um, against Israel Adesanya. So let's just hope Izzy gets knocked out there. Um, um, I, I wouldn't be disappointed if Izzy got killed. But anyway, continue. No, <coughs> don't think I would be either. Um, Petty Jan has got Bannerweight title on the line against Sterling. So that'll be another really, really good fight. This card is stacked. Um, and then... Uh, Probably the one that you want to talk about, Tim, the women's featherweight title. Nunez up against Megan Anderson. A lot of people will probably wipe Megan and say she's no chance, but I believe she's improved um, since she dropped the fight a while back and she's developed a game all round. And the one danger she has for Nunez, apart from the fact Nunez hasn't been in the octagon for a little bit of time since the birth of their child, um, is she's just going to go in like her and um, Cyborg did. She's in danger of getting um, tagged by the bigger, taller fighter. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people have underestimated the power that Anderson's got as well. Mm. Um, she's a lot taller as well, but um, she gets a fair bit of power behind those punches. So And the kicks. That's right. <clears throat> and as we've seen in um, a few of her fights as well, she's actually really worked on our grand game as well. So um, I think she's going to have a lot of confidence um, no matter where the fight goes, to be and honest. And she's been active um, too. And if yeah, she has a lot more Nunes. <coughs> and if she can she can use her reach advantage and keep Nunes on the outside, um, <coughs> yeah, there could be a big upset on the cards. And just for the listeners out there, before we move on to the next segment, we as the podcast have twenty dollars at eight dollars for Anderson to win. Obviously, it's a bit of a drop in the ocean for us, as in it's a. Probabilities are probably going to be Nunez's way, but we think she's a realistic chance. I think we, we might be betting more with our hearts than our heads there, but um, at eight dollars in a two-horse race, it's it's mm. a bit hard to pass up, especially when um, we go through the things that we've just done with her with her yeah. reach advantage and there there is some rationale behind be sky it. High. Yeah, it's not completely a, a wing and a prayer. There is a bit of rationale behind it. Anyway, yeah, another um, Aussie, Jake Matthews is on that <coughs> card as well. So cool. I've mentioned him before. I'm a big fan of his, so I'll be watching that fight too. Maybe it might be something to get hold of on um, our good friend KO, maybe. Anyway, um, we will move on and we have sports entertainment. And Jeremy, there was a Royal Rumble on recently. Apparently there was, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they had, uh, the men's Royal Rumble, uh, they had a pretty predictable <coughs> winner, pretty predictable winner, which was Edge. Um, he, he's about three hundred years old. <coughs> he's looking every bit of that three hundred too, isn't he? Uh, yes, he's uh, he, he has aged quite a bit, Edge. And, and the man he man he eliminated to win the thing was Randy Orton, who has also been around a fair while, so. Pretty, indica- pretty indicative of where they're going at the minute. But probably also two of the best charismas still, even though they're old men, in the WWE. Well, that's an indictment on the <laughs> WWE, isn't it? Um, the, they, I, I understand it, though. Their ratings, their ratings aren't great <coughs> of, late, of late, and you need names like that to sort of push viewership up. So they're at a bit of a catch-22, old Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Might be time for um, either Stone Cold or Kurt Angle to come back as a commissioner or something just to give it a bit of spice because yeah, mate, it maybe is dying. They need a, <clears throat> yeah, maybe they need a bit of a shake-up, but uh, it's never been their strength to pu- push younger blokes. Um, but they were kind of forced to when WCW was... When WCW were all the rage, they were kind of forced to and they ended up coming up with names like The Rock and Stone Cold. Um but it's, they've always been. They've always done it because they've been forced to do it. They don't, <clears throat> they don't, they don't do it off a whim. And for all you sport entertainment um, devotees out there that listen to the pod, which I'm sure there's numerous ones, <laughs> um, I've but started listening to the new Kurt Angle podcast with uh, our good our good friend. Uh, what's his name? Conrad. Conrad. That's right. Thompson. And it's well worth a listen. It's um, I've listened to the first two episodes, and yeah, no, it's pretty good. And it's good to actually get um, what was going on in Kurt's head in his career early on, and that's quite good. And funny enough, he he said today on the episode, which is episode two, he's asked the question, "Who's the best he's 
wrestle with in the ring, as in like, you know, you can trust and, you know, controls the ring, makes the fight. Yeah. There was two guys you mentioned. You mentioned the late, great Owen Hart, but the guy he said's the best he's ever been in the ring against is the Rattlesnake, believe it or not. Yeah, there you go. He reckons his um, IQ in the ring compared to anyone else he was in the ring against is superior. <clears throat> yeah, well, there's a reason he's one of the best of all time, isn't there? That's got to be one of them. Yeah, and before his injuries, he was quite a um, versatile uh, performer in the ring too. Um, I, I guess the charisma problem that WWE have, they don't seem to have that much problem in the AEW. I know you don't watch it much yourself. But um, it's amazing. Um, the, there's actually charisma that's bringing us back to the 90s when there was the war. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I think AEW's got a little bit more of a contemporary vibe to it, uh, which <clears throat> probably, probably draws viewers in. So there's not so much comic book characters in AEW, more real personalities as, uh, what, as what there's been in WWE. That's probably appealing to some I think so. And look, they're, they're still consistently beating NXT. And as I said, it, I think the last podcast I pointed out how they even beat Raw. So they are a real contender. Um, they're, they're a real threat, yeah. Yeah, they I've are a real one threat. one question for you guys on that. Is, <clears throat> are they running out of ideas in WWE or is it just a lack of faith in their talent, do you think? I'm sure there's lots of ideas, but all the ideas only are filtered down through one man. and <clears throat> And if that, if that one man vetoes it, then uh, it's nixed right, right there and there. They also so lost a fair part, bit of knowledge. Part of the problem. They also lost a fair bit of knowledge and creativity when Pat Patterson died as well. He was probably the only guy that they currently had at the time that Vince would listen to as besides himself. So anyway, I suppose that's enough on that one. Um, now, I believe, boys, there's been a sport that's caused a bit of controversy recently through our great Premier Dan Andrews called tennis being played at uh, Melbourne Park. Uh, what can we talk about on that one? Well, right at this very moment, uh, <laughs> I, redeem, I redeemed myself and actually made some coin on the tennis, which is I didn't, didn't like, I didn't the night before. Um, Medvedev just beat Sispitas. Sispitas, that's right. In straight sets to go through to the final against Djokovic. Who does he break? Sorry, who's he break for in the in the world game? Woody. Um, I'm hoping it would be Borussia Mönchengladbach, but um, yeah. he's, not, he's, he's Russian and not German, but you'd like to think that there's a place in his heart for them. I would have thought I'm so. Sure, I'm, sh- I'm, sure, yeah, I'm sure he's got a soft spot for them. But, um, yeah, in the, and uh, in the women's, it's uh, it's Barty. Uh, uh, not Barty. It's, um, <laughs> it's uh, definitely it's, not Barty. <laughs> it's, a, it's another Brady going for a championship. <clears throat> What's <laughs> Bill Brady, up against Osaka. Uh, up against up against Osaka, and uh, I think Osaka's favoured to take it out, as is Djokovic. Um, do you think? Do you think we might have seen a bit of a changing of the guard there with Osaka beating Williams and then um, Nadal um, getting knocked out and having a bit of a choke against Sissy Pass? Is it? Is the the new crop it, coming through now and and uh, passing on the torch? I think I think it's easier to say that. In the women's, it is the men's. Um, you, you keep waiting for a Nadal or Federer or something to fall off a cliff, and they just haven't. So I wouldn't, 
not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater there, but the Serena looks like she's probably won her last Grand Slam, I think, just on optics. Yeah, it um, it looks like it. Um, the way she conducted herself at the end of that match with Osaka and in the press conference too, that um, might be the last time we see her at the Australian Open. She might be hanging up the racket, yeah. She's never liked losing um, throughout her career, so I don't know what she's done, but she's never liked losing. Been a sore loser quite regularly. She has a lot. Oh to yeah, lot, she so. definitely has. Interesting. Mm. Um, I guess the hot topic in um, the this week has been medical timeouts. What are your thoughts, guys? Uh, is it getting abused? Should they just have no medical timeouts? Should um, or should there actually be strict to it? It's five minutes and that's it, or whatever. I think should be each each case by case should be <clears throat> investigated individually. Yeah, there was definitely the the, the strategic timeout that um, probably played a part in Barty getting knocked out, but uh, it's nothing new at the same time either. The, um, it's been done for years. Um, I'm actually of the opinion that the simplest way to to fix the problem is don't have medical timeouts. Either you're fit to play and continue, or you're not. Or literally give them three minutes to can you know, put get things together, and that's it. None of this ten minutes or whatever it was for is, the body. What case. can the doctor and physio do anyway? They can give them a bit of a massage and put some tape on, and outside of that, they can't do much anyway. <coughs> and if they're and if they're not right, they're not right. <sighs> Yeah, and like if you need ten minutes, seriously, um, you got to you got to think it was totally a uh, ploy and nothing to do medical. Well, well, she said at the time too, it was um, she was just wasn't feeling right and she was a bit bit lightheaded and whatever. But um, to me, you know, you're coming to Australia, you know what the conditions are like. Um, maybe it was a lack of match conditioning that led her to feel that way. Yes, and that's the thing. Why should the other player be disadvantaged? Because you play the old, uh, you know, medical um, timeout card because you're actually just physically not up to it. Yep, that's why I think you just scrap scrap the option. Um, you can continue or you can't. Fair enough. So anyway, um, hit us up on social media if you've got an opinion on that one. I'm sure Woody would be happy to bounce back um, responses. We'll move forward. We're on to... turn serve even, Tim, would have been the better line to use. I reckon you'll just serve aces, mate. (laughs) Um, Anyway, we'll move on to our Mount Rushmore. Now, Mount Rushmore this time around, we're sick and tired of... Well, I am anyway. I won't speak for the other lads. Of, you know, people going, oh, this goat's the greatest goat of all time, blah, blah. So it's led us to, to turn it into our Mount Rushmore on the suggestion of Woody. I'll quickly go through mine. I'm not going to give you much rationale for my choices. I'm just going to list the guys, and that's about it. And then the boys can waffle on about why they um, chose who they chose. Now, my one and two can be swapped over. I I found it very hard to um, differentiate, but I'll give it to the great one, Wayne Gretzky, for George Washington. Um, There's daylight between him and the next best person. Then the other one is Bradman, who's five standard deviations away from the next best guy batting average-wise. And we know he's been beaten aggregate-wise in the past. But um, let's face it, when you've got to travel by ship to go to England and you've got three months of travel and whatnot, um, there's a reason why he only played 52 tests. Uh, then I go to Roger Federer, who's probably debated to be better than Laver, but I've never seen Laver, so I'll give it to Roger. So he's the goat of tennis goats. 
And then my final one is Patches O'Hulahan from um, <laughs> the dodgeball um, sector. If you can't dodge a, if you can dodge a spanner, you can dodge a bloody ball. Just remember yeah. that. Patches. Well, definitely a pioneer of the sport, isn't he? Really? Oh, he was. You don't um you don't think of dodgeball without thinking of Patches O'Hulahan, do you? He's the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Bottom line. Um, unfortunately, he um, come to a, a, a tragic end to his life. But anyway, hit by a bus in his un- wheelchair. I think, un- anyway, unfortunate, unfortunate. But um, it was an accident. Yes, yeah. it was an accident. But yeah, anyway, you got to be careful at the casino, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll I'll continue on. I'll go with mine. So, my number one and two are actually the same as yours, Tim. Um, for the same reason, just because the gap between them and the next best um, is just way too far. So you mentioned Gretzky, who we actually um, talked a fair bit about him in our very one first. of our very first pods. Yeah. So um, it's good to come back to him. So he retired with 61 individual records. He's the only player to have scored 200 points times. Um yeah, he's got more more career assists than the second place point getter has points. So he's a long, long way ahead of the best. But Michael the Jordan best. is the greatest goat of all. Just ask him. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll ignore that bit for now. Um, same, much the same with Bradman. So he's he had his test average of ninety nine point nine four, and of the countless players that have come and gone since steve smith's the next best with 61.8 so that's that's just ridiculous Uh, there Um, is actually there is actually i think um pollock um had quite a graham pollock yeah had um or barry richards one of the other had a average in the 70s but he didn't he played bugger all tests because of apartheid yeah so Adam Voges is actually officially on the list as well, but I picked guys that have played at least 40 tests, so you got a good gauge there. Yep. But regardless, he's still head and shoulders above. Um, <clears throat> I've gone with Tom Brady as well. Um, speaks for himself. Um, and unfortunately for you, Tim, um, Michael Jordan also makes my list. Oh, I knew this one I didn't like about you. Um, it's time to move on to Jeremy. What do you got? Yeah, um, <coughs> pretty pretty similar to Woody. Um, I'm going to have Muhammad Ali. Uh, he, he was the greatest. In a sport like that, um, you, don't, you don't play boxing. Uh, you, you, no, you, definitely, you do not. You do not play boxing. Yeah, and uh, and he, was, he was the best to ever do that. Um, also... Tom Brady as well, uh, Tom Brady. That what, uh, I don't think people quite understand what seven Super Bowl in that brutal of a sport. Um, it's just a phenomenal. I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll be caught in my lifetime. Um, so let, let's just mention on him as well. So he's got <coughs> seven Super Bowl wins. Seven Super Bowl wins, which is more than any franchise. Yeah, that's. That says it all, really, doesn't it? Says it, it? Yeah, that says it. Says speaks for itself, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you boy, some of you might want to hate, but I don't. Um, 
I'm Michael Jordan as well. Best in my generation uh, that I ever saw. Um, yeah, six finals, six championships. But it wasn't just that. He pretty much uh, changed the sport and changed the way, I suppose, the sport was popularised as well but with his uh, merchandising and stuff like that. Um, he was one of a kind. Um, also, Michael Phelps, 23 gold medals, holds a record for uh, medals in individual events, which is 13, uh, the gold medals, and Olympic medals in individual events, which is 16. Um, and he was pretty. He, he was pretty much a dollar oh one every time. Every time he jumped in the pool to race, uh, I, I had to have him in there. Okay. All right. So first of all, I, before we move on to winging it. I just want to point out that I apologise for the sheep that we have on this podcast, um, the Jordan sheep, and um, people that glorify a man that makes money out of sweatshops making shoes. Good on you. Anyway, it might pay to have a listen to Kareem on that subject. Let's move on to winging it. Um, Woody, what have our past predictions played out for us? Well, um, we can give... uh Jeremy, another tick, actually. He said that Green Bay and Tampa Bay <coughs> play off for their NFC championship. Hey. Um, so he's uh, he's joined you with three correct predictions and I'm one behind the both of you with, with two. So, um, and, and I'll make mention that um, friend of the pod, Phil, Last episode mentioned that Arsenal would qualify for Europe and finish sixth. So if we could all just take a minute to laugh at him, that would be great. Or a minute silence. But actually, as the clock's ticking over, <laughs> as we're recording, we don't have a minute. So let's move on. Uh, <laughs> who's got a prediction for us first out of use pair? Uh, you can go, Jeremy. <clears throat> all right. All right. Um, I'm going to predict that... Uh, that uh, Carlton lose the first two games of the AFL season. Why would you say that? Because that's what I think is going to happen. Well, you know what? I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to say that um, they they can upset Richmond in round one. Okay. I'm going to predict that um, Jeffrey Kennett's going to crack the shits during the season, and Clarkson's going to get the arse. Oh, that would be so good. Yeah, but I... I, that. I, I, <laughs> I that'd, that'd crack me right up, actually. My, my, my rationale behind it is that the guy doesn't know how to develop youth. He's got to buy in old guys, and I think it's caught up with them. And I don't think Jeffrey's going to sit back and watch Hawthorne be uh, mediocre again. Let's hope you're right. Yes. I don't know. Emmy and Clay might be on suicide watch if that happens. So. <laughs> I won't comment due to I do not want to be sued. Let's move on to the next um, segment, which is our last segment of the um, episode, and we will hear from our friend of the pod, Phil, on this one. We have our It's Only Money, and it's the legs from um, each of us to uh, put together a multi. So uh, we might go with Phil first, saying he's been sitting back waiting Yes, welcome, Phil. Good evening, good evening, gents. How are you? Good, mate. 
Uh, I've uh, looked at the EPL this week, Leeds v Southampton. Um, we're going under two and a half goals uh, for the match, under two and a half goals, and that's paying $1.58. And that's Leeds um, versus... That's uh, Leeds v Southampton, uh, yep. Wednesday morning, 5 yep. a.m., Getting up to watch that, I reckon it'll be a bit of a dour affair. I'd be surprised if a goal was scored, but uh, yeah, under two and a half. And how much is it paying, Phil? Dollar fifty-eight. No worries. I'm just, I'll just make note because I'll have to put on the uh, multi. All right, Woody, what's yours? Um, I've got, I think this game's next weekend. I'm going to the Premier League as well. Everton at a juicy $2.30, I think it was, to beat Arsenal Ooh. at home. So that's Leicester to beat Arsenal at King Power Stadium. What do you got, Jeremy? I got uh, in the cha- in the Champions League, uh, <coughs> Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich playing at Lazio. I'm going to take them at the minus one goal. So they have to win by more than one goal, and that's paying two dollars sixty. I like that as well. Ooh, and, 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 I like that. <coughs> and who are they um, playing against? Lazio. Oh, great. Uh, what date is it? The 24th. 24th. No worries. What, Wednesday or Thursday <coughs> next week? Yep, that's all right. 20, 24th of yep. Uh, and our anchor leg will be played on the next Saturday, which will be, what are we, we're on to the 20th, 25th. I've got the Man City-West Ham game, and I'm taking City to win both halves for $2.80. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, so... Yeah, not too bad. I, I like all those leagues, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. and, and um, Woody, do you want to get on your little calculator and just roughly work out what it might pay? Um, yep. Knowing that you're going to take off 15% because sports bet don't work it out properly. Okay. So you're up $20, $25 around there, somewhere around there. So that's not, not too bad. bad. So we'll put a slide of 10 on that and see what happens. No worries. Well, um, like our time is elapsing. We've probably bored our audience long enough yet again. Um, I believe we will be trying to put together another special before the start of the AFL season, which will probably fall between this episode and episode three. So stay tuned. And we might put together a panel for that, like we did with the NFL. Uh, anyway, uh, I'd like to also acknowledge that Josh Watson's going to have a lot of work to put together this one because uh, <laughs> we've, te- we've had a yeah, technical difficulty. So thanks, Josh. And I'm sure while he's working at our little glitches, he will be um, playing the fine tune to Zaggy 2, which is great. So thanks for joining us, Phil. Thanks for having me, gents. Always welcome. Thanks for joining us, Woody. Yep, we'll uh, do it all again very soon. And Jeremy, thank you yet again for your insights. Thanks, guys. Peace out. All right, we'll see you next episode, guys. Bye. Bye.